Welcome to Summon Your Superhuman. I'm your host, Ria Mestiza, holistic health coach, mind-body performance practitioner, and this is the Pull the Curtains Back insight into how everyday superheroes have experienced tapping into their superhuman potential. To go from fear, frustration, and struggle to soaring next-level astronomical heights, I believe we all have more amazing within us than we know. I believe we all have unique superpowers, and I believe we all deserve to be our superhuman best. So let's dive in. Today on Summon Your Superhuman, I bring you a superhuman all the way from Perth. Some of you may be familiar with her. Her name is Tracy Lee Cook, TLC. (laughs) Tracy is every reason to not be a success. Living a lifetime of overcoming self-limiting beliefs from a survivor of sexual abuse, domestic violence, a cancer survivor, homelessness, and addiction, Tracy is now a powerful online radio announcer to whom I've spoken on, number one health and wellness radio show in the country. She's an entrepreneur. She's a coach. She's a speaker. She's an author. Her passion has a growing community following her journey from victim to victory, which is a podcast I've also spoken on. It's fantastic. It's also a Facebook group. Now, Tracy Cook is a high-energy woman. If you, When I intro her in a second and you get to, to hear her, she's just alive and vibrant. She's unique and engaging, and she tells stories to inspire and create transformations. She gives the audience the direction to transformation, to find their purpose, step into their story using storytelling. And she's strategic. She's she's just all about speaking and creating that brand around the story. So thank you so much for joining us today, Tracy. Thank you so much, Ria. Um, I'm really excited to share with everybody today. And I'm so honored to be a guest on your podcast, because (laughs) what you're doing is absolutely amazing and changing the community as well. So thank you very much. I'm very grateful. Oh, thank you, Tracy. You're you're so kind to me. (laughs) Now, let's touch upon something that is in your, you know, you are, you you speak about how you're every reason to not be a success. What makes you say that? Let's talk a little bit about that. Now, the reason why I say that to people is there's a bit of a backstory about it. Many, many years ago, back in high school, we were at an assembly and there was a lady on stage in a wheelchair. She was paraplegic and she wheeled herself out onto the stage and we all sat there and we weren't knowing what to expect. We didn't know back when I was in high school that this was a motivational speech as they are today. And she wheeled out onto the stage and they dropped the mic for her and she led with, I am every reason not to be a success. And, of course, you immediately get everybody's attention Mm. because the first thing you you visibly see is the paraplegic in a wheelchair on a stage with a microphone and you're trying to find some relatability straight away. Even as a teenager, I thought, how can I relate to this? What has that got to do with me? What do you mean a success? You're in a wheelchair, you know, and... It wasn't motivational or inspirational as we see it now, Ria. And as she progressed through her speech, 
It was everything that she had endured through her her childhood, the bullying, the medical surgeries, the complications, the self-loathing, the wanting to commit suicide, the whole journey through her anxiety and her depression. And at the end, I don't know how long she had me captivated. My eyes were wide. My mouth was open. Everyone else was chattering around me. They didn't get it. They Mm. didn't get it. And I was just encapsulated with this woman's story who started out with, I am every reason not to be a success. Wow. And it just gave me goosebumps. I have goosebumps now just thinking about this woman. I I can't remember her name. Mm -hmm. I don't know where to find her. And I don't know what she is actually doing. But it was how she was helping others to actually adapt to physical disabilities. Mm-hmm. Now, we're talking back in the 80s, mm-hmm. like the early 80s, when I actually heard this woman speak. Mm-hmm. There was no motivation, Rhea. No. There was no inspiration. We are in Belmont Primary, a low-income suburb in Perth, and where most of the housing is state housing, we didn't have incomes. We didn't have parents that aspired us to be anything apart from a hairdresser or working at Kmart, quite literally. Mm. There was no aspirations of what you were going to do when you leave school. You know, there was mm. no talk of being doctors or nurses or it was just just go and get a job so you've got somewhere to live. And this lady showed, showed hope to everybody and I walked around in a daze for weeks and weeks just thinking about this now at this time Rhea nobody knew when when I was a a teenager that I'd suffered years of sexual abuse from a from a family friend's son and I held it in and it was a secret and I never ever told anybody And I didn't like myself. I didn't like the way it made me feel. And I didn't like the way that I I felt like I couldn't tell anybody. And I didn't want to tell anybody because I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I was the only one this was happening to. I didn't know how to talk to my friends and say, hey, is this happening to you as well? Because you know it's wrong. Mm. But you don't know that if you tell somebody that you're not going to get into trouble. Mm. So as I actually heard this woman speaking, I was relating it to moments that I'd had in my life with low self-worth and depression and fear and anxiety. And as she progressed to the end of her story, I could fear that, you know, that fire in your belly, you know, that... Mm. I can actually be more. (laughs) And you can say it so many different ways to yourself, Rhea. It's like, I can actually be more like a question. It's like, Mm. I can actually be more. Mm. And I was going through all these things, walking around in a daze for weeks, thinking I could be more. Now, during my childhood as well, my parents didn't know about the family friend's son Mm. through the abuse. And my father was an alcoholic. My mother, not until recent years, 
has uh, disabilities and it really put a burden on our family and my place in the family. I never ever felt like I was supported or welcomed or be able to be me. Mm. And this is something that I think a lot of people and hopefully your audience, Rhea, will relate to because we all just want to be our true, authentic selves. We just want to be embraced for who we are and people to meet us where we're actually at physically, mentally, emotionally, and we just want support. We just want someone to see us. Mm. We just want to be seen. We want to feel worthy and we want to feel appreciated. I never had any of that growing up. There was always criticism. You'll never amount to anything. You're useless. What did you do that for? I was never, ever, ever good enough. And even as I speak to you today, it's evoking those emotions. I can mm. feel those emotions. No matter how many times I speak about it, it's still a, mo a go, I go, I'll, I'll go through 10 emotions speaking about it. Yeah. But we have to. Mm -hmm. We have to tell our stories because it's not generational anymore to keep within our four walls, to not tell anybody. What will the neighbours think? Don't you tell anybody what's going on in our house. That's our business. Yeah. And breaking those generational chains and breaking the reasons that stop us from stepping into our highest power, and that's what I love about your podcast, to be superhuman, to evoke those emotions, that fire in your belly to transform into the best human that you possibly can. And it all starts with us accepting our stories, paying gratitude to it and saying, this is where I was. This is where I pivoted and knew that I could be more. And this is what I'm doing now. And it doesn't have to be selfless or self-serving because we all know that when we come from a place of gratitude, even for the most victimization and traumatized experiences that we have ever felt, or even if we haven't felt, there's always a story. Everyone has got a story. It might be a limiting belief. It might be self-worth. It could be anything. But a lot of people don't get it straight away and that's okay that we have to embrace our story and actually wear it like a superhero cape and not an anchor because your story no matter how bad it is it was given to you as a gift it was given to you as a reason now is that reason always obvious hell no <laughs> never it's never obvious no. but when you're going through those processes of telling your story inspiring others connecting with others being relatable so they don't feel alone and you're meeting them where they're at that's powerful that is such a powerful place to be because just to tell your story where one person is sitting there or listening and they kind of think, well, you know what? 
I actually could be better and maybe I'll start making some changes. And that's where the process begins. And for me, it began all with a lady wheeling her out, herself out in a wheelchair on a high school stage. And I was the only one that was wide-eyed and open-mouthed in the audience, the only one out of two or 300 people that got it. And you just might be that one that is wide-eyed and, and open-mouthed and just get it. And you may need to hear the message 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 times. And then that one day, you'll get it. And that's where the process starts, Rhea. That's where it exactly starts. Wow. Now, if I may, with your permission, sure. this is the beginning of the story and I won't keep you too long. <laughs> but growing up with those self-limiting beliefs, I was a teenage runaway. I was drinking at 12, 13, 14 years of age, and I mean drinking. I was hanging out with the wrong people. Mm -hmm. I was in trouble with the police. I was a badass. Well, I thought I was. I thought I was super cool badass. <laughs> I'd go into the city. I'd hang around with the street kids pretending I was a street kid, although mm. I had a home to sleep in. And I was trying to pretend, pretend and be all at the same time something that I knew I wasn't. But because I was told I was that thick, because I was told that this is the box you belong in, I tried to belong in there and it never felt right. So what that done, it attracted all these abusive men, abusive relationships, domestic violence relationships, even to the point where I actually thought I deserved it. Mm. And I would say, sorry, I deserve that. I'm sorry. Wow. Like how do you go from having a fire in your belly thinking you can be more to 10, 15 years later, you look back at your life and there's so many gaps. Mm -hmm. There's so many holes that you've dug and fell into and you're digging the same holes and you're pulling yourself out but you've been told you've been programmed this is the box you belong in you're nothing you're useless what did you think that for well that's not going to happen that's ridiculous you're delusional you're 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 never going to amount to anything so you think, okay, so I need to go hang out with the street kids and really bad people and get into abusive relationships because that's what I deserve. And then there's this other little inner critic that sits there and goes, you can do better. And you ignore it and you ignore it and you ignore it. And then you hear that message. Like I said, one day you hear that message or you remember the message you heard and you go, you know what? enough enough this is not going to define me this is not going to be my life anymore if things don't change Rhea things don't freaking change <laughs> they Amen. don't that's right so I was eight months pregnant I was laying on a hospital bed and I was black and blue all over, all over, scratches. Um, I get emotional still talking about this <laughs> and I was black and blue all over. Wow. 
I'd been hit with a baseball bat very severely. Mm. Um, I could hardly see out of one eye, but I could see the doctors walking around, nurses talking. Um, my stomach, I looked down and it was just covered in bruises. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had an out-of-the-body experience and I was actually looking down at myself on the table and I could hear all these sounds. It was like I was in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself very vividly, very, very vividly, and this is what changed everything. This will not define me. I'm going to lose my baby and I'm to blame because I didn't change what I needed to change so that this kind of stuff doesn't happen. They called in the priest. They were telling me I'm going to lose the baby and I couldn't even cry. I, 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 I couldn't even cry because I just loathed myself so much at that point that I'd let it get to this point, Mm. that I physically, emotionally and mentally listened to that programming as a child to think that I was worthy and that I deserve this. So in that moment, I swore, I swore, I'm I'm not a religious person, but I'm spiritual. Mm -hmm. And I prayed to whoever was listening, whoever, If you let my baby live, I will be better. I will change and I will help others. And I just kept saying that to myself over and over and over. And they came, done some tests, they came back and they went, Tracy, your baby's fine. And they whispered it like it wasn't meant to be true. (laughs) Okay. That's the first thing that stood out to me. I'm like, why are you whispering this to me? Mm. They went, we really didn't expect your baby to live. I said, well, I did. And I remember Mm. shouting it so loud and they kind of gasped back. Yeah. And I said, I want to speak to a social worker and I need some help to get out of a domestic violence relationship. Wow. And they were like, oh, uh, you said you fell downstairs. Yes, I lied. And in that moment, I just found, I found superhuman strength in my words, in my courage, courage. I've always been confident, but I never had courage. Mm. I had this courage and it hasn't gone away, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for that. I had this courage. I knew my direction. Mm-hmm. Now, we all wait for that prognosis or that diagnosis or that defining moment to change things. My biggest message is that change things before they actually need changing. If you can actually see that you are in a situation that is not healthy, supportive, empowering or inspiring to you, and supporting you and your needs, you need to change. You need to pivot. You need to get out. You need to find another way. Sometimes it doesn't have to come. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't have to come to the point where you've got what nurses whispering to you, 
whether you're going to lose your baby or not. And in that moment, I found the courage. And out of that courage, I left. And within two years, I was so laser focused as a single mother. I bought a house, I bought a car. And my my daughter was at full-time daycare and full-time vacation care and things like that. She survived. She's beautiful. She's given, given our family three grandbabies, which I'm very blessed and grateful for. Three of our nine wow. <laughs> with our other children. Mm-hmm. And out of that blessing, I had achieved so much. I went back to, to night school. And I was learning, I got a full-time job and I had my own business and I bought my house and I bought a car and I was able to pay for things for my daughter that I never even thought that I would be able to do. And in that two years, there was so much focus and growth and transformation and always getting back to having self-worth. Now, this is before, this was 26, 27 years ago. Mm -hmm. This is even before we really were talking about Mm self-worth, self-issues, being appreciated. was way before. It was really a big thing. But there was a book by Louise Hay. It's Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And I have it still now. It is highlighted. It's got notes scribbled in it. It's got ratted edges. It's got the spine on the book that's been flipped over so many times. And how powerful is that saying from Louise Hay? Feel the fear and do it anyway. Because Mm -hmm. if we don't get out of our comfort zone and if we don't change what's not serving us, serving our families, how are we supposed to leave a legacy? How are we supposed to break generational curses and generational chains that keep us down from not being able to step into the best versions of ourselves, that we can't actually fulfil that fire in our belly? And Les Brown said, the graveyards are the most expensive real estate on earth because that's where our dreams go to die. Yep. We don't want to die with that music inside of us, Ria. We we want to be able to live our most fullest life. And if we're going to have those little inner critics on our shoulders that is going to say, no, you can't do that. You're useless. You're worthless. You're delusional. You'll never amount to anything. If you're going to keep that close to your ear, that's not going to serve you. It's not going to serve your children. It's not going to serve your partners. And it's not going to serve your community. Because what we invest into the community with mental health, with domestic violence, with suicide education and awareness, and a plethora of so many other things, it all starts with you and what you're going to do about your situation to really draw on your superhero experience to be a superhuman. Wow. I want to, 
want to applaud. (laughs) (laughs) Whether you're watching or listening, I think that it's very clear why Tracy is on the show. And uh, you may or may not see the superwoman with the lightning bolt on her chest and standing fiercely in power pose with the cape flapping in the breeze. And honestly, that's, that's you, Tracy, like your story just then. I mean, even if we ended the podcast right here, it's the amount of value you just, you just shared with us. Thank you so much. And thank you for allowing yourself to, you know, get vulnerable and share your story because it's, it's not an easy thing to one go through and to two accept deal with embrace and and then and share it with others you know and and that's why i guess you and i get along so well it's because we we've gone through things and you know we could you know sit in the corner and be like oh poor me and i've gone through this and i'm such a victim and you know but we want to share our story and so it is heard so to give people the strength to you know find their strength to be their best self and i i love that you you had that that voice that that woman just just her words even though they became stagnant for a certain time because there was a there was a journey you had to go through there was there was so much outside noise and outside Uh, negativity that was flowing your way that it just drowned this beautiful woman's voice that was telling you that you could be more but thank goodness that that voice came loud and proud when you really needed it the most oh thank you so much oh it's beautiful that's absolutely lovely and I love connecting with other people that are on a very similar path like you, Rhea, because we all need to be the change, especially off the end of 2020. Mm. Things are changing and we need to think of our fellow humans, talk humans and give people a helping hand up and not a push down because you can hit every single branch on that tree on the way down. Um, addiction, sexual abuse, Mm. homelessness, uh, single parent, um, you know, uh, domestic violence, uh, plus I had cancer in recent years, uh, mesh complication surgery. Mm. You never compare your story because our stories are uh, are true to us. They're Mm. our truth. Mm. We speak our truth. We, We step into our stories. But at some time, we do have to take a step back to step forward and get perspective, mm-hmm. not comparison, two totally different things that a lot of people do confuse. Yes. To get perspective mm-hmm. because sometimes what you think you're going through is hard for you and it is. But if you just step back to get a bigger perspective, it's amazing where your mindset can actually start shifting so you can start that transformation of change to redirect you to go on to be a better version. And we hear this all the time, right? We hear mm-hmm. this, be a better version of yourself. Yeah. And what does it actually mean? You know, like... When somebody first said that to me, I'm like, yeah, but what does that mean? (laughs) That means that you're happy to be authentic. 
that's what it means to me. I'm not sure what it means to you, Rhea, but the best version of yourself is just to be happy to be your own authentic self and really not care what anyone else thinks of you because nobody else's opinion determines your reality. Mm-hmm. Exactly. doesn't mean we shouldn't pay attention to what people say or think. We do. Yeah. But how is it impacting you? Because it doesn't. It doesn't. People's words don't, of, of putting you down, people's words of saying you're this, you're that, that doesn't determine your reality. Mm-hmm. Your reality is what you think. So we need to be accountable for what we think. We don't need to rely on others to make us happy and nobody's here to save you. Like nobody's going to, the, the the knight, you know, in mm-hmm. shining armour on the white horse, yeah, he ain't coming. <laughs> and that yeah. hurts, right? That, oh, ouch. <laughs> you're going to be the superhero of your own story, basically. That, and that's the best that's the best thing. Don't look for someone to come ride up on a horse and save you. Save yourself. Be your own mm-hmm. superhero. And then and I guess that's that's the whole thing. You know, you you spoke about something that I that I tell a lot of um, people that it doesn't matter if they're my client or whether they're, you know, just someone that I know. And I hear that negative self-talk or that um, the way that they speak about themselves in such a mm, I don't want I want to say condescending, but just they don't they don't speak to themselves like they would speak about or to other people mm-hmm. and so I kind of bring that to their attention and I think that's important because sometimes most of the time people don't realize that they they, they do that they'll they'll speak about oh I'm such a retard oh I'm so look at me I'm so pathetic and I'll I'll pause and I'll be like hang on do you always speak to yourself like that like is that something that you would say to me if you saw me drop something like that seemingly was retarded or whatever like I was clumsy would you call me would you would you say that no not a, no no way and I said why do you speak to yourself like that I said do you realize that you hear you like mm-hmm. you really hear you and not only do you hear you you feel those words like in every part of your being that you believe we get to keep what we speak yeah we get to keep what we speak I was at the hairdressers last weekend if I could just share it share Mm. a moment and I'm so glad you brought that up because we so get to keep what we speak my hairdresser mentioned the breaking down at the corner corner shop she mentioned about how so-and-so is sick all the time and oh I have to go and drop some food off to her again Mm. and she mentioned all this negative stuff and by the time I had my hair done I felt so drained and I let her vent because obviously she needed to vent and at the end I said to her what's something good that happened this week for you and she looked at me in shock (laughs) and she realized in that moment that she had just been verbally vomiting all this negativity Mm -hmm. and she went oh um I said, wouldn't it just be great if we could think of positive things quicker than we can think of negative things? Have a fantastic day. I gave her a $50 tip (laughs) and she went, and hopefully that ripple effect will change the rest of her clients for the day. 
Yeah. But just to be able to pick your friends up on that language as well, Mm -hmm. because language, what we speak, we keep. And the feelings that are attached to those words, Rhea, like you mentioned, they internalize in our conscious and our subconscious. Mm-hmm. And the, it give, delivers a message to the universe. So the universe will give us more of that. Yep. <laughs> I'm yep. no good at this. Oh, okay. The universe is, yep, I've got your order here. Uh, yes, we need to give her more of that. <laughs> yeah. More stuff to complain about. <laughs> we and need the- to give people something more to complain about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But isn't it great that we can embrace our stories? Isn't it great that? And it takes a lot of self-development. And by by all means, I still have times where the inner critic will come and sit on my shoulder for a while and, mm-hmm. and I'll be trying to self-sabotage, but I've, I've got awareness now, right, when I'm doing it. So you pick yourself up because mm-hmm. it never stops happening. Mm-hmm. You still have to keep picking yourself up on it. Yes. But isn't it great that, we can do this personal development and we can switch our old programming from traumas or victimizations or any events that have happened in our lives and we can externalize that. We can do self-development and we can actually embrace our stories to share for more connections, more relatability for our businesses, for our personal lives, for mm. connection, yeah, to help others. I think it's a magical place to be, Rhea. I couldn't agree more. I, I 100% agree with you because that's, that's a realisation that I've come to as well. You know, women like you and I, humans like you and I, have gone through what we've gone through so that we can uh, better empathise with, with people on their journeys and and be the shepherd to their superhuman story you know it that's that's why we've gone through all of the stuff we've gone through not because we deserve it not because you know we were being punished or something like that we were being strengthened we were being shown how to overcome all of these ridicules and all of these hardships so that we can shepherd and lead others to to their greener pastures and yeah, that's is, is exactly what why we've gone through it, and it's making peace with that. I think that's been really powerful for me, and, and I and it sounds obviously, of course, it has been that way for you. And I just want to highlight really quickly that, um, you know, it's what you said before is something I think is very important to to, to say, and that's it is not just a one time thing to establish and and make peace. It is, and and that's why I want to set the reality that it is something that is ongoing and it is something that you need to view more as a blessing to reflect and accept and then continue to grow because we will find ourselves in those old programming because if we've gone through it for 10, 20, 30 years and then we think all of a sudden we've done some work and the light bulb's gone off and we're like, we're healed and definitely, definitely. <laughs> it, it doesn't yeah. quite work that way. The, 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 the programming is still there in the background. So you, there's still rewiring and, and um, things that need to go. But it does help you identify when one of those things come back, when those behaviors and language and things come back. It does give you that opportunity to shine the light on it and be like, hey, I know you. 
but you're no longer welcome here or you're no longer necessary. I'm on a different path now, but thank you. Thank you so much for the lessons that you've taught me and uh, now I can better serve and help other people. (laughs) Definitely 100%, Rhea, 100%. And I just really encourage people to tap into their superhuman and what you're doing with your podcast to spread that message is vital for the communities at the moment. Well, thank you, Tracy. We are honestly, everything that you've shared today, I know that I know in my heart that someone will hear what you've said in your end they'll be able to start the journey to where they need to be. You know, something would will click, the little light bulb will go on and then that'll be like the little Tracy who heard that those words and, and was inspired to make a difference. So thank you so much. <laughs> uh, now you don't get away from not answering the question I ask everyone, even though you really have gone above and beyond it already. But I do have to ask you, what does summon your superhuman mean to you? It means to dare greatly to step into the arena, figure out who you are and do it on purpose. (laughs) Nice. Drop the mic. (laughs) Drop the mic. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Throw it. (laughs) Uh, Brilliant. Thank you so much, Tracy. And, you know, Tracy and I have been speaking about doing, um, you know, collaborations and on Clubhouse and we we really want to connect and, and combine our, our passion for sharing our stories and, and making a difference and an impact in this world and, and rising together and helping as many people as we can. So this is not going to be the last time you hear of Tracy. And if you haven't already watched or listened to the, the radio interview and the podcast interviews I've done with Tracy previously, have a listen and yeah, just, just soak in all of the Tracy goodness. She is, (laughs) she is everywhere everywhere you can find her. She's been lighting up TikTok now. So Tracy Lee Cook, TLC, go get yours. And I look forward to just be bringing more amazingness to this world with you. Thank you so much, Ria. I'm very, very grateful to be a guest on your podcast and uh, your journey is amazing. So I, um, we're all going to see more of Ria as well, 100%. Thank you so much. You're a superhuman. Thank you. All right. Stay amazing, everyone. And there you have it. I don't think that there's really much I need to say today after that, but I do want to highlight some gems that Tracy dropped amongst this interview and just reiterate that that initial motivation that she heard from that lady who said, I'm every reason not to be successful, made her feel like she could be more and do more, even though it took her some time, but that seed was planted that day. And how she was able to accept her story and move forward. Are you wearing a superhero cape or an anchor? You're never going to amount to anything. And the abusive relationships and language of the people that were were putting her down and making her feel like she, she wasn't enough. How she had that moment where she's like this will not define me and how she said what we speak 
we keep. So I think in a matter of a few sentences, I've just summarized the entire podcast. And I hope that there were some key takeaways that you took from that as well. And I thank Tracy again for being vulnerable enough to share her story with us. And just to throw in a last mention uh, for Gray in May, Summon Your Superhuman has a team on the Charlie Teo Foundation, so it's not too late. You can still join. There's still three weeks left, and it doesn't matter when you listen to this. It's it's not too late. You can donate. Uh, it's going towards brain cancer research, and we just cannot raise enough money that it there is such a need for funds um, for this cause. So please give whatever you can. Nothing's too too small. Whatever you can give will be greatly appreciated. So until next time, strengthen your mind, body, and soul muscles, superhuman, and stay amazing. <laughs>